there's a great book <clears throat> at some point uh, that was written by a very conservative Christian, uh, but he found a way uh, to, to make those people who call themselves Christians nervous. And he wrote a book, and it's called The Twelve Hard Sayings of Jesus. And it's an, it is a very hard book to read. Because when you read it, you have to read it with the idea that as far as we know, this is what Jesus taught. This is what Jesus said. And if this is what Jesus said, if this is what Jesus taught, I'm in a world of hurt. Because these 12 hard sayings, He's not just saying that. And this morning, as we're getting ready to go into Lent, you're about to get a taste of what real freedom is all about. All right, reading from the fifth chapter of Matthew. And actually, I want to back up because, you know, as, as I've always been wont to, when I teach with one of these messages, I want to make sure that you hear the scripture in context, okay? And Jesus is in the middle of teaching, and so I'm going to back us up to the 33rd verse where he says, and don't say anything you don't mean. Hello? It's already getting hard, isn't it? Don't say anything you don't mean. This counsel is embedded deep in our tradition. You only make things worse when you lay down a smoke screen of pious talk, saying, I'll pray for you, and then never doing it. God be with you and not meaning it. You don't make your words true by embellishing them with religious lace. In making your speech sound more religious, it becomes less true. Ow! Just say yes or no. When you manipulate words to get your own way, you go wrong every time. Let me read that one more time. When you manipulate words to get your own way, you go wrong every time. Now, you get to the passage for today's lesson, if that wasn't enough. Here's another old saying that deserves a second look. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Is that going to get us anywhere? Here's what I propose. Don't hit back at all. If someone strikes you, stand there and take it. If someone drags you into court and sues for the shirt off your back, gift wrap your best coat and present that to them as well. <laughs> and if someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice a servant life. No more tit-for-tat stuff. Live generously. You're familiar with the old written law, love your friend. And it's unwritten companion, hate your enemy. I am challenging that. I am telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, 
response with the energies of prayer. For then you are working out your true selves, your God-created selves. This is what God does. God gives God's best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish, to everyone, regardless, the good, the bad, the nice, and the nasty. If all you do, now listen to this closely, folks, if all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner does that. In a word, what I am saying is, grow up. Your kingdom subjects now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others the way that God lives towards you. Hello, can we just go home now, Pastor? We don't want to talk about this. Seriously. Nobody wants to talk about this. And Alice was so kind to me today She, because she's, um, I'll tell you ahead of time, she's preaching next week and she's, she's using one of my quotes. I'm so excited. But she said, where do you find all these quotes? Well, they're, they're available. But I, I found one that I wanted to start with and it comes from Mark Twain. Mark Twain said, I have no problem with those parts of the Bible that I don't understand. It's those parts of the Bible that I do understand that gives me fits. I think this morning, if you were listening closely to this, you should be very disturbed. Because there isn't any of us sitting here, if we're really honest, that has got any of this stuff that he just said down pat. And you know how I know that? Because I know some of you drive on Atlanta highways. I know some of you have been activists in this town. I know that some of you are homeless. I know that some of you live in parts of the country where there's not a whole lot of love being extended to those people who were originally here. But if you want to be free, then we got to pay attention to this. Because this is what gets you on the road to freedom. This is the ability to be bigger than those who would hurt you. Amen. This is the ability to live what we all want to do. And that is to live a God life. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, a movie that's coming out. Um, and I'm not sure if it's based on this man's story. I, I think that it has something to do with it, um, but there's a, uh, there is a story about a Scotsman by the name of Eric Lydell. He was a missionary to China and the Japanese occupation in the early 30s and 40s. And after Lydell had been assigned to work in a rural mission in an outpost in China, he frequently came across dead bodies or met men and women and children who were starved or injured, evidenced by the Imperial Japanese troops' brutality. He himself was never injured by the Japanese, but the occupiers relentlessly hassled Lydell and the other 
other missionaries because they were Christians. Eventually, Lydell sent his wife and three daughters away from China to keep them safe. As for himself, he was determined to stay in China, where he felt as strongly as ever that God had called him to work. He would never see his family again. In March of 1943, he was ordered by Japanese officials to report to an internment camp called Waisen. There, in the space about the size of three football fields, he shared with more than a thousand other refugees. He spent the last two years of his life there. The man who had once delighted in running free across fields and along the seashore and helping people learn to read was now confined and restricted. It was a miserable existence. The refugees had too little to eat. Their clothes were turned to tatters on their bodies as they were not replaced. There was inadequate medical services and they never knew when a guard was likely to hit them. If someone had good reason to hate another, Lydell had cause for hating the Japanese soldiers. Yet he did not let hatred and anger burn in his heart. Did he plot revenge? No. In fact, he began to pray for the ones that made his life so hard. And soon Lydell was urging his fellow refugees to do what he was already doing. I have begun to pray for the guards and it has changed my whole attitude towards them. When we hate them, we are self-centered. Now, I know we're going to sit here and say, wow, that's what made that guy a hero. Please, God, don't put me in a position where I have to figure out whether I'm going to have to be a hero. But you know what? You do it every day. This passage happens to us every day. One of the untold stories of the hygiene kit day was, as and, and it was interesting how people notice stuff. Our video guy was filming as we were doing the work. And uh, he wanted the pastor to run his mouth so to tell people what was going on as part of a live thing for Facebook. And as I was doing that, apparently one of the homeless people said to one of our volunteers in the background, that's a really nice jacket. And the volunteer took off their jacket and gave it to the homeless person. Now somebody listening to that on Facebook heard it and said, Oh, wow, that was cool. The whole day of ministry was wrapped up in what you heard this morning. It was simply a comment and a compliment about a jacket from somebody who didn't have one, and the person immediately took it off and handed it to them. Amen. Damn. Why can't I do that? Why can't I be that free? 
because folks you have been taught you have been taught differently you have been taught that it's an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth you have been taught to live in fear you have been taught to live in anger you have been taught that there are folks that are better than you I am here to tell you that if you want to be free we have got to change the way that we are thinking it does us no good to hunt down and kill every person that we think belongs to ISIS yes mr. president I did say that I am not going to live in fear I have a relationship with God and God loves me and if I believe that then I have to live like that folks that's why this is hard stuff because the key to freedom when you get right down to it are you ready are you ready for what it is you've heard me say it before James you know I say it every week it is called forgiveness it is the only way that it works it is the only way it is the only way that we will ever be free you know we're going through Lent and we're going to get to the cross and you're going to be reminded of the seven last words of Jesus from the cross I want to remind you what were the first words of Jesus from that cross it was God forgive them if there is no forgiveness there is no resurrection if there is no forgiveness there is no life if there is no forgiveness this volunteer never gives away his jacket God bless you